Welcome to a one-sided conversation. I still do not have an intro and if you have been expecting one, I don't think you'll be getting one for the next century or so. But we are here today to talk about a book. One specific book. If books were soulmates, I think this book would be my soulmate. I want this book to be my soulmate. Does that work out? It would be a Tybooine. This one and Radio Silence. I would literally be like, these are my book soulmates. I will marry these books. It sounds really weird, but that's the truth. And that's a very weird way to start, I think. But yeah, I met my book soulmate and I just love it so freaking much. Um, and I thought I would have done more planning before I actually started recording this, but we're just gonna go with where, whatever direction I'm going in, because I have planned this episode out in my head so many times, but I don't remember any of that stuff, so this is just gonna be whatever's in my mind right now. Maybe I will write this stuff up at some point when we read the book, mm, but right now it's just this. And since I am a terrible planner, you are going to be subjected to whatever my mind can conjure about this book at this point. And I still haven't named the book, but the book and in addition, its author have become one of my all-time favorites. Like, literally, the books that I get the most out of are the books that I go into with no expectations or, like, no knowledge of what the plot is. I literally don't know what is going to happen. I just go in and I fall in love so quickly sometimes not so quickly it's just it's a whole thing and i just i want to spoil this book i i really wanted to start the episode with, by saying one line but i knew that if i did that it would spoil the book for the people reading it and one of the joys of reading the book of reading this particular book is going in knowing nothing like when you walk in and you have no idea what to expect and you get something that you never thought you expected like it's it's a whole thing okay I'm gonna say the name of the book and it sounds well a bit different I don't know but I just really like I also want to really think this makes no sense okay so I also really want to thank all the booktube videos that I watch and the booktubers in it because they didn't spoil this book at all for me that's how like I got to know the book because a lot of people had this book and another book by the author and they're like it was okay they didn't like hype it up I mean it is obviously a very hyped up book I think it's all over book talk, but I'm not sure yet, but it is a very hyped up book, but nobody actually like gave any major spoilers to it, and I was just mind blown. I don't know if I was just mind blown because this is the first book that actually delivered in this way to me, and if others weren't similar, I can't speak, and if others weren't mind blown in a similar manner, but I just love this so freaking much. I just loved it so much. Literally, my book soulmate. Like, babe, I love it. Okay, so the name of the book is drumroll please the seven husbands of evelyn hugo and i know you're thinking what the fuck what this woman has seven husbands and i'm like that was my initial reaction so i was like i don't i do not want to read about this woman with seven husbands i just do not want to do that um and i'm but i'm so glad that i didn't not read the book i'm so glad that i actually went and read it in all its glory and i fell in love with it so I think the first like five or ten minutes is just gonna be me trying to sell this book to you. Like literally. I'm not gonna spoil anything because the whole point of me spending ten minutes on a spoiler-free ride is getting you to go read the book and then come back here. 
please read the book. It's 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 by Taylor Jenkins Reid, and gosh, this woman is just are all women named Taylor this talented? Cause this book is literally Evermore could be the soundtrack of this book. That I wasn't supposed to say that now. Okay, so I'm just gonna start and just tell you guys about the book. So the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo follows um, the life of this fabulous actress. You got it, Evelyn Hugo. Her name is so cool, though, like Evelyn Hugo. Like it's 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 supposed to be French, I guess. It's so cool, and it's just it follows her life. It's like she's this really reclusive celebrity who was like a huge huge film star in the 50s and the 30s and stuff and now she's like she's finally ready to tell everyone her life story like all about her career her marriage her husband it's all gonna be out in the open and she has decided to tell her story through this young um reporter sort of person called monique and gosh the the way the book is written the way we're told the the way we get all these really cool revelations, the the the, the actual philosophy behind the book, gosh, mind blown. And as much as I love the plot and the characters, I really, really, really like the way the relationships in this book are portrayed. And I guess that I just thought like that woman has seven husbands and I'm not sure if and it just it just goes so well. The way Taylor Jenkins Reid writes relationships, like God, if that were real life, baby, we would be so happy. Like, I read two more books by her. I mean, like, I read another novel, and I also read a short story. So I read Maybe in Another Life and Evidence of the Affair. And those were really good, too. Five Star Reads, obviously, because Taylor Jenkins Raid is my... I mean, Taylor Jens... I can't say anything. Taylor Jenkins Raid is one of my new favorite authors. And it's just so good. I also really want to read Daisy Jones and the Six, but... I'm gonna wait it out because I feel like I'm gonna really, really love it. I have I have no idea what it's about, so I feel like I'm gonna love it a lot and I need to space my intense love for books. I mean, I'm still hungover this one and I read this like two weeks ago, right? So it this is a brilliant book and I, and I need you guys to read it. Just read it, it's so good. Like, how do I explain it to you without spoiling anything? I'm obviously gonna go into spoilers and I'm gonna like recap the entire book for you because I have nothing better to do with my life. And I'm gonna fan cast people. I'm gonna tell you why I loved it. I'm probably gonna quote because I have a copy of the book. Like I have a ebook with me and I'm gonna use it. I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna do something while I speak instead of just rambling like an idiot. But yeah, please read this book. Give it all your love because I love it and. I don't know, it's just better because this book exists. The way I feel about this is like, you know how you watch all these movies, like sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're good, sometimes you just watch these movies and then you sometimes watch a movie for the sole purpose of watching, of like knowing what the commentary YouTubers on YouTube are saying about it. Um, and whenever they do like these commentaries, they always try to like, um, make fun of the plot i mean like they make jokes about the plot but they also like say these random ass ways in which it could be better or something like um i'm gonna take this example because i i really really love this youtuber her name is her name is cindy and gosh she is living my living the life i want and i'm sure that she won't feel she actually won't feel that way but i really like the way she, i really like her in general and like she's like 
she's like an awesome bitch. She's like, she's just like, I want to do that when I grow up. I want to like chop off my hair, dye it purple, live with my gay boyfriend, and did I just say that? Yeah, that's what. Okay, that makes no sense, but I feel like Cindy would be a really good book character. I would totally write her. I'm writing her right now. I'm making no sense. Yeah, but I would totally chop off my hair, dye it purple, get your gay best friend, and then totally write, read, watch, just do what you like and make fun of it on the internet. And like, I'm doing a very bad job at describing this. It sounded better in my head, but I don't feel like saying everything that's in my head because that would not be good. It sounded better in my head and I know it sounds good, but the world is not ready to know yet, so the world is not gonna know. But here's the thing, like when she was when she was like watching the kissing booth, she was like, bitch, let's let's just get all these guys out of here and let's just get like some Rachel and Chloe time. She, so she was like putting all these like cooler um little like subplots like our alternate realities. It was like let's just get rid of these guys and let these people get together. Well, let's just wouldn't it be so better if all the guys went to hell and all the girls got together? Like it's it's like it's so cool like all those little stories that the commentary youtubers they make up are not just commentary youtubers it's just our booktubers or anyone like you just make them up like to say that this would be way better than what the original was and that alternate reality that you like secretly yearn for but will never actually happen in mainstream television because god like i remember cindy was reading this book called the wives and i watched the entire video because she's just so funny and i love her and she's my comfort YouTubers, is she or is she not? I watch like basically booktubers, study tubers, and at this point, just booktube is life. But um, and in that, she's like, wouldn't it be so cool if they all dumped the guy? Like, it's it's that kind of thing. And I just this book gave me what I wanted. Um, this book went in the direction that mainstream media doesn't. It like it just did. And I do not want to spoil it, so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut about this. But it's so good, guys. It's so fucking good. It's like the best book in the universe. If there was just one book left in the universe that I could read for the first time, it would be this one. I would want to immerse myself into the story. Just it, it feels so right. That's exactly what I was like feeling when I read the book. I was just like, this feels right. This this feels right. This. It feels like home. It feels like this is the universe that I want to live in. And sure, it's flawed and there are ups and downs, but I love where this is headed. I love this. It's just love for the book, for everything related to the book. I just, I felt really seen while reading this. This is the kind of story I want to write. These are the kind of things that my characters do. I just love this book so much. It's an understatement if I say I love it. I I just, I am still hungover from the book. As I said, no other book that I read got me out of the slump. I just, it's just so good. You guys need to read this. It's important. It's amazing. I love it. It might indeed throw radio silence. It might not. But here's the thing. The reason why I like radio silence so much is because of one particular factor in it. I mean, it has a lot of overarching themes that I just love so much. I was like literally rereading it and while I was reading it, I was like, gosh, this book and me, we're in love. It's just like, 
it just gets me. You get me. Like nobody else does. All of Alice Osman's books get me. Like like nobody else does. It's like different people get different parts to you, but all four of Alice Osman's books get a part of me. So like, and she wrote all of them. So she gets all of me, and that's so cool because it's one person who gets all of you, and that's never happened before. So, but there's one thing that I really like about Radio Silence. That one thing that set it apart, that put it on a pedestal a bit higher than the other books for me. That exact same theme is present in The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And I think it was that that particular last, um, the last few pages that solidified my love for this book and what put it on the pedestal of greatness. I know that sounds really bad name for a pedestal, but I just really like this book. I wish that you guys would read this book and just fall in love with it like I did. But don't try to cheat up. But don't try to take it away from me. Like, I was just about to say, but don't try to steal it from me. But that is stupid. Books cannot be stolen. You can just share them. Which is another thing that I need to tell myself. Okay. I, I am not making sense now. But the book is so good. Read it. And don't be misled. It's just amazing. It follows Evelyn Hugo's life story. Her seven husbands who can go to hell. I just... So good. The writing style is also really good. It's historical fiction, and I did not know that in the beginning. I just thought that it was slightly historical, but the writing style is really cool. It's kind of like Jeffrey Archer's, in my opinion. Like I really liked Jeffrey Archer's *The Prodigal Daughter*, and I guess you could argue that that was slightly historical. Maybe it was like an alternate, and 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 like an alternate reality to historical or something. But the way that it follows um, the entire story, like through all these years. That's just so good, and I just love it so much. And this book had like a similar vibe, and I just really liked it. And I think that you will too. So go read *The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo* and tell me that it was perfect because it is. And even if you don't like it, that's your opinion. Your opinion is valid, but just because you have a different opinion from mine, that doesn't invalidate me. That just means I'm not gonna talk about it with you. And if I do that to a lot of things, I'll end up not talking with you at all because you never have the same opinion as me but that's okay that is okay that was a very random rant that i did not know this was headed was the direction that this was headed in but please read the seven husbands of evelyn hugo and i have successfully spent like 14 minutes just telling you to read the book without giving you any actual substance so i'd be really grateful if you went and read the book and came back here or if you just want to listen to me talk which I don't know why any sane person would do. Um, let's get going on to the one line that I've been holding in. Okay, spoilers from this point onwards, people. Spoilers from this point onwards. It's like, I think you can think like it's like from 1440 or something. We have spoilers. So I'm just warning you, spoilers from this point onwards. Yes. So let's get started with the line that I've been dying to say. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Okay, that woman. Evelyn Hugo had seven husbands and the love of her life was a woman. Where is the applause, people? This book gave me what I needed. It gave me what I needed. It, it, she just divorced all the men and she's like, bitch, I love you. I love this woman. I love her. That's what I needed and that's what they gave me and I just love this. Okay, I just, I want to say that. Seven husbands and the love of her life was a woman. Evelyn Hugo had seven husbands, but she loved her one wife more than she loved all of them combined. Just, it's so good, guys. It's so good. God, that 
is it's such a good plot twist too i did not know that this was sapphic i went in thinking that gosh this is about a film star i don't care about film stars i don't care about i don't know i just realized that i got cut off i do not know where i got cut off but let's just rewind and say that Evelyn Hugo loved uh, loved her wife more than she loved any of her seven husbands combined. God, it's so good. I did not know that this book was sapphic. I was like, I think I'm repeating myself. I'm so sorry if I am. You're just going to have to deal with it. But I just, I did not know that this book was sapphic. I, I just, I thought it was about a film star and her love life. And I'm like, I don't care about this. I don't care about that. But when I went into it, I just, this happened. She had her identity crisis, and I'm like, bitch, yes, do it, Evelyn. Yes, let's get our identity crises out there. Let's just do it, and I'm like, love you, love it for you, love that you have her. And then the relationship in itself, the angst, the pining, the whatnot, the brilliance of it. Let's just give a huge hand for the brilliance of it. I just love it so much. So that's one of the reasons why I like the book, because... Bitch, it's a sapphic romance. I need more sapphic romances in my life. I've literally been just reading sapphic romance for a while, I think. I just read, I read, tell me how you really feel. Gosh, mean bisexuals. They're like my mean bisexuals, baby. And then I watched, what did I watch? And then, of course, I'm in my rally and my spree. I just love them so much. And just in general, every song that I hear these days, it's okay, like... I, I made Call Away You Want Gay. I just, it's so good, the sapphic romance world. It's so good. I'm so happy seeing all these people in love. I'm just so happy for them, you know? It's just so cool. Like, God, it's so cool. And, and that's one part of why I love this book. The other part has to be the fact that for a book that talks a lot about sex and hooking up and marriages, it really, really knows that, um... The truest relationship is with a person you have a mental connection with. Like, I saw this Tumblr post that was circulating, which is like, sex is great, but baby, if you have a mental connection with someone, that's a billion times better. And I love that. I love that platonic marriage message that the book is sending out because that's exactly what it does. It actually describes a 100% platonic marriage. And I just loved it so much. I just loved it so much. The way she describes it, God... The, the, her philosophy of life is brilliant. Like, I'm so... It's so good. I just wish that all marriages were like that. Like, all relationships were written with this in mind. The old relationships weren't just hormone-driven. I just... Um, the, the way platonic marriage is portrayed, the way platonic relationships are portrayed, the way you actually see them. God, it's so good. And I just really, really, really loved that so it had my sapphic romance it had my platonic relationship it just gave me two of the things that i like the most in a book and honestly if it gave me just one i would have been happy with just the sapphic romance with just the fact knowing that my mean bisexual was, was getting together with her dream girl i would just be happy knowing that but the fact that they had this brilliant platonic marriage and i'm talking about two platonic marriages there's two there's two of them and it's just so good. And the way she describes it, I was like, literally like, I'm so happy that this book exists. That was my prime reaction. I'm just so happy that something so great exists. And I love this. I love this for me. I love this for anyone else who's reading it. And this is what I was saying. Like my, bit, my girl, Cindy, she's like, dude, 
L. Like Rachel. Rachel, break up with Lee and get with Chloe. You girls make greater couple than those girls. Like, let's just... Okay, Cindy and I are the kind of per kind of people who trigger warrants straight, okay? That's what we do. We trigger warrants straight. We just... It's just our thing. It's just like... I'm just like... Can hetero relationships just jump out of the window because you're not good at all? And I am into the platonic soulmates thing, obviously, and I think that... If you're gonna have a hetero relationship, you might as well make it platonic. And the book draws a very clear distinction. I mean, not just the book, I'm just talking in general at this point, but, you know, like, a platonic relationship is superior to a romantic one. I'm drawing heavily from Loveless right now. So, like, there's the Rooney and, um, like, when Rooney and Georgia, like, Rooney explains it pretty well, I think. Like, you know, like, there's the platonic relationship, and you have the platonic, rel when you have the platonic relationship and the physical relationship, you get the romantic one, but a platonic relationship always has the potential to win but but sometimes it's not enough and you should know when it's not enough and get out and get out of your codependency situation because that's not cool at all this has no bearing to the book i just felt like saying it okay so now i think i'm gonna give you guys a summary of the book like go through a lot of the chapters like stuff that i found fun and then we could talk about the characters more or then we could talk about my favorite parts or we can talk about how i'm very much in love with everyone in this book and about the moment that made me like bitch yes give me give me give me i'm like literally like taylor jenkins raids jenkins raid gosh it's like um like someone in the mall who's handing out free samples i know this is a very bad analogy but i feel like she'll be handing out free samples and i'll be like give me give me give me give me i'm like just literally me like i'm an addicted like i'm just addicted to her books i'm like give me give me more i need this this is what i need this is what i want to write and i feel like she's always one step ahead of me whatever i want to put in my book she's putting it in hers i'm like yo I love this so much, but I also want to write it this way. Like, the romance, the epic romance, like, bitch, my mean bisexuals do this. Like, G would totally do this. Okay, G would totally not do this. Y'all don't know who G is, so we'll get to that at some point. I'm pretty sure y'all get to know G at some point, but today's not the day, but okay. So, I'm gonna open the book and also blabber at the same time because I have nothing better to do with my life. Actually, I have a lot of other things that I could do, but I just really, really felt like, you know, I just really, really feel like I should talk about this book with you. Okay, right, I'm back. So I think that um, we'll be doing a very pretty detailed summary of the book, um, because I just feel like it. I just feel like it, okay? So, we're starting off, and first we learn about who Evelyn Hugo is. So right now she's 79 years old, and she was one of the greatest actresses to have ever graced the earth. And she is, like, kind of brilliant. She's won Academy Awards. And she has been in a lot of award-winning pictures. She's been, like, she's, like, a really, like, great film star from the past. And she started out small. She was, like, the daughter of Cuban immigrants in New York. And then she tried her best. She went blonde. She went to Hollywood. She changed her name. And then she became a member of the Hollywood elite. And then she had a bunch of husbands. We know this. She had seven. And that's been the whole, like topic of intrigue it's been like a huge topic of in 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 intrigue for the people they don't really know a lot about it so that's the way it works 
So that's Ellen Hugo for you, or that's the way that the people know her. Like, that's the way that the newspaper writes about her. So her, so at this point in her life, her daughter has, her daughter of like 41 years, she's like pa um, passed away due to breast cancer. So Evelyn is like selling, auctioning off her gowns for charity. So that's where we are. So Evelyn is auctioning off her auctioning off her gowns for charity her daughter is no more so she's obviously very depressed and she's like 79 years old and she was a part of the hollywood elite back in the day next we meet our narrator frankie i mean not frankie monique monique is like i don't know if i'm saying her name right but monique is like a writer a reporter she's just she like she's a journalist she works for this like uh, magazine or newspaper called vivant i think and then her boss is Frankie. So they're gonna, they've been trying to do a piece on Evelyn about her auctioning off her gowns and getting a picture for the magazine. It's, it's a huge deal. So, because Evelyn hasn't sat for photographers or given any interviews in like forever. So, this is a huge opportunity. But Evelyn specifically requested Monique. And Monique is just not having a good time in life she has just her husband left her he just decided to up and move to la and she's kind of like her marriage is a failure she feels like she failed at it so she's not in a good place her mom is gonna move in her mom is coming at home in a couple weeks her mom is in another city it's just a whole lot of stuff yeah her mom's in la i think and she's coming to new york so her and and monique's dad passed away when she was like young I, I'm not gonna go louder by the book. I'm just gonna be random about this. Yeah, she was young and it was a drunken drive accident. So Monique has like a really like Complicated memory about her relationship with her dad, but that's that so Evelyn has asked for Monique and the, And the and the magazine they just decided to send her after a lot of speculation because they offered other big names But Evelyn's like no, it's Monique or no one so Monique's gonna go and once Monique reaches Evelyn's place Evelyn is like Stunning as always even though she's 79 no age isn't here. She's still gorgeous And this is what she does. She tells Monique that she doesn't actually want to do a piece on gowns She doesn't want to work with Vivant at all. She wants to work with Monique personally She wants Monique to write her biography So Evelyn's gonna pour out her entire life story like her whole fucking life story and Monique is gonna write it down transcribe it and make it a, a biography for the ages and she gets to keep all the profits of it. Only thing, she gets to does it, do it after Evelyn dies. So Monique's obviously a bit skeptical because she was like, what? Because like, are you going to die? Like, what about my job and stuff? Because her marriage is a failure. She can't have afford to have her career as a failure as well. So Monique's like skeptical, but Evelyn's like, you got to go for it. If you need, if you want something, you got to go for it. You have to fight. You have to dare. You have to break other people sometimes. You're like... like She's just there, you know? She's like, all of that stuff, you know? Stuff, she's like, that's what she's been, that's what Evelyn's saying. And, of course, um, when, like, there's this thing that happens, like, when Monique asks Evelyn, so, are you gonna confess to all your crimes? And, like, all your, like, not crimes, more like, you know, the stuff you did. But Evelyn gets really defensive, and she's like, I did not do anything that I regret. I do not regret my actions, because my actions were made to to protect the ones I loved, and I will do it again. I'm not a good person, bitch. That's what she says, but she doesn't say it out loud. At this point, she says it out loud at another point, but right now, that's it. So, before this, let's look, um, let's take a look at her seven husbands, as we know them right now. I'm just, like, like flipping to that page right now, because I did not plan this at all. 
okay so i think i lost it like i'm pretty sure Okay, so let's see because she did like some actual okay here's we are okay so here are her her marriages her first one was one something that she had when she was like 18 and it ended in a divorce it was an early marriage before she became famous the next one was one with another actor and it was like really bad you know like it was with don adler who was also a very huge actor at that time and then like it was a studio set up like stuff it was with another actor and there were rumors that she left him because he was physically abusive towards her and then um she had like she eloped to vegas she married someone in vegas that was a singer called mcriva and then she had a marriage with um someone called rex north who was also an actor but they both ended up having affairs so that marriage went down the drain the next one was with the love story of her life Drumroll, please i love this man i literally love this man platonically harry cameron baby harry cameron and and i will tell you who i think should play harry cameron when we get to the part where he's introduced by evelyn when like she when we get to evelyn's point of view and then i'll tell you who i will cast as harry cameron so harry cameron and she had a daughter by him and that was like everybody loved it and harry was a producer and then it ended in a divorce, obviously, because she had two more husbands after that. And that was with with um, with her director, uh, with a director called Max Girard, and she married him. He was French. And then and then it ended with her having an affair with a younger, very younger congressperson. So that's there. And then she finally married a financier called Robert Jamieson, and. This was like people thought that she married this guy, Robert Jamieson, to spite her co-star, to spite her former co-star, her rival in the industry, Robert's sister, Celius and James. Everyone thought that this was what. And all the husbands are dead now, so Evelyn's the only real loving person who has any idea about what happened in those marriages. And she's finally gonna tell us. That's not a bad. Yeah, she's finally gonna tell us. And I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, so let's start, let's start. And each each um, husband has his own chapter, like own section of the book. You have like the heading. So let's get started with husband number one. Poor Ernie Diaz. I have not thought about the, thought about this guy at all, but hey. So it's just like I'm just gonna skim through this. So like Evelyn had a very abusive childhood. Her mother died when she was like 11, and her mother's greatest dream was to become a film star. So Evelyn kind of carried that along with her, and she wanted to become a film star. She wanted to be in the picture. She wanted the money. She wanted the fame. She wanted people to love her. Her dad was abusive towards her, and so her major goal was to escape him. And so she did it by marrying Ernie. She wasn't even 16 at that point. I think marriage was legal at 16. She was like 15. She was underage, but she lied about her age she married him because that was her way out of hell's kitchen in new york she had to get to la and they got to la yes they did that and she worked part-time she did a couple of small roles and then she met harry cameron she met my baby harry so who do you what do you guys think who do you think i'll cast as harry cameron no he met harry and she actually met him at a restaurant she like went and introduced herself she was working as a waitress there because she needed a day job as she's for girls so like she met harry and who do you think i cast as harry the one and only or maybe harry styles yes i feel like harry styles would be the perfect person to play harry cameron guys like he was made for this role like i just feel like harry would do such a brilliant job play playing harry harry styles as harry cameron is what i need in my life okay i just need it if they ever make a movie out of this or a series or something please 
get Harry Styles to play Harry Cameron. God, I already love this book, and if you did that, I would be so, so grateful. But, yeah. Anyway, so she got a job and stuff, and then she got, she started, like, you know, yeah, she's Cuban, yes, and she used to speak Spanish, but now she doesn't anymore to, like, fit in, and then at this point, she, like, there's a lot of stuff that happens. She just gets a lot of roles through a lot of things. Like, there's a lot of, like, you know, lying and, like, pushing other put it, pushing other people in front of a train. I mean, not literally, but, like, that's the way Evelyn is. She will do whatever she has to to get to top, get to the top. She will literally kill if it gets her a role. That's the kind of person she is, and she doesn't regret anything that she did. The only thing she does regret, which we will learn at the end of the book, are actually pretty big regrets, but so... So I just feel like that's a really, like, she, like, she's cutthroat. She's like, bitch, if you get in my way, I will kill you kind of energy. And I love that kind of energy. I do not have that kind of energy. But my mean bisexuals do. Let's just, like, like, let's just give, you guys don't even know my mean bisexuals. Maybe you guys should go and check out my writing blog on Tumblr. It's called, like, Honey Bitch because she tastes like honey. You know, like the healthy song. Yes, also, a very good way of describing this book would be, like, the soundtrack to this book would be Halsey's album. It will literally be, if I can't have love, I want power. That's literally Evelyn. She's like, bitch, if I can't have the love of my life with me, I at least want the fame and the money. Duh. Like, and, like, when she enters a room, the song that would be playing would be, I am not a woman, I'm a god. Like, she'd be like, I am not a woman, I'm a god. I am not a murderer, I'm a problem. I am not a legend, I'm a fraud. Yeah, she, she told me be like that. Like, uh, she'd be so good. Okay, so this is what happens. And once she gets a lot of roles, um, Evelyn kind of like, you know, divorces her first husband. And that just happens. And at this point in her career, Evelyn has been using, uh, has been like, she gives a lot of people, like, how do I say this? Like, she uses her body to and her sexuality to get what she wants. And she doesn't do it on purpose. She just learned that, She's just so gorgeous and so perfect that, like, men just are drawn to her and they just want her like that. And because they want her like that, it gets her stuff done. And she always, like, she decided to use it as a weapon against them, a way to get things done. It's how she gets roles, it's how she gets a job, it's how she gets the money to go to Hell's Kitchen, to get out of Hell's Kitchen. It's just a whole thing. And that's the way, like, that's kind of, like, she's gorgeous. She's, like, everybody is a little bit in love with her and her body, so... She, like, uses her body for that. And then she just doesn't, like, just the way it moves, I guess. And then after that, she just, like, yeah. But she doesn't sleep with Harry Cameron at any point. I think you'll learn about it a bit. Okay, so here we have goddamn Don Adler, the second husband. So she decides, so Evelyn wants to play a role in Little Women. And she plays our girl, okay, I just want, our girl, Joe March. Joe is my favorite sister from Little Women, obviously, because she reads, and gosh, I love Joe and Laurie, and people are, like, people in general are, like, maturity is knowing that Laurie and Amy made more sense, and Joe and that German doctor guy, was he a doctor, professor guy, made more sense than Joe and Laurie, and I'm like, no, give me my Joe and Laurie angst, I need this, I need my Joe and Laurie angst, I just love them together, and the fact that they don't get together, the fact that Laurie proposes and Joe turns him down, breaks my heart a little bit every day. 
It, it really does. I still haven't watched the 2019 Little Women version, but I'm sure that it's going to break my heart a bit more because I think it also leads into good vibes. I'm not sure. So if it does, it's going to break my heart a little bit more. So, But here's the thing. And then, so, like, Evelyn wants to do Little Women, but before she does it, she has to do another film to, like, to, like, get established in the audience's mind, and then a lot of stuff. I think you'll understand this better if you read it. I'm just in, in it for the characters and the relationships, but it's actually really good. The other stuff is really good, too. So here we have Don Adler, and she was set up to date Don by the studio, Sunset Studios, and I don't remember the guy. So Don's parents were actually huge movie stars as well, so it kind of ran in his blood, and he kind of had to, you know? And then... So here's the thing, Evelyn fell in love with Don for real. She was literally in love with him and she finally realized that what a consensual relationship is actually like and she's like, she actually wanted him too. She realized that it's okay for her to want him and stuff. Really cool stuff, I mean, I don't know, why did I say cool? It's just really like, it's it's good storytelling, I think. I don't know, it just goes on. She falls in love with him, but then and they do a movie together. But here's the thing, and then they get married. But the thing is, Don is the kind of guy with a huge ego, and if Evelyn's film does better than him, you know he's gonna hit her. I mean, not on purpose, but when he's not successful, he isn't the nice person that he is. It's like he has two faces or something, but that's the way it works, you know? That's the way it works. So, they have a marriage, they get married, and then, and then... Evelyn is subjected to domestic violence. She's physically abused by Don. And God, Don, can you go to hell, please? Nobody wants you. And that's what happens in general. That's what happens with Don and stuff. And then, but she can't leave him because she has this contract. And he's more important to the studio than Evelyn ever was because patriarchy. What are you going to do about it? Fuck the patriarchy, people. And so, if she wanted to keep her job, she had to undergo all of this abuse. She couldn't get out of it, and Evelyn's a strong woman. She's like, I'm gonna do this for myself. Yeah, and ooh, I just flipped this page in which, like, Harry... Yeah, she was 19 when she was marrying Don, people. And so Harry's like... I'm happy for you, Evelyn, and, like, you're my best friend, so, like, Harry and Evelyn are literally best friends right now, and I'm like, yes, like, bitch, give me that, best friends who tell each other everything, or not tell each other everything, that's the thing, that's a really cute thing that they do, um, but, yeah, that's the thing, and then Evelyn's like, dude, Harry, you're the only guy who hasn't looked at me like that, like, 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 you wanna fuck me or something, but you're the only person who hasn't done that, and she's like, and Harry's like, um, uh, I don't really, you know, you're, like, young, and you're like, you know, I'm just not like into girls. So here's the line. I'm gonna read it for you guys. The way he said it, I knew he was trying to tell me something. Harry wasn't interested in girls like me. Harry wasn't interested in girls at all. This was when I got hooked, because I know he married her and he's like gay. And I'm like, bitch, platonic marriage? Yes, please, put that there. And then she, Evelyn says, you're my best friend in the world, Harry. Do you know that? And he smiled, and I got the impression he did because he was charmed because he'd be. Gosh, acceptance. You're your best friends. Best friends tell each other everything. God, God, God. God, just, just so good. Like that. That conversation is one of my favorite parts, but it ends really badly with 
Evelyn's saying that when she was married, after two months, he started hitting me. So, like, yeah, he had a lot of issues. He was abusive and stuff. But Evelyn went along with it because she couldn't do anything else. Okay. So, Evelyn does a few more movies, stuff, you know. And then it's time for Little Women. So, we have one sister, our girl, Evelyn Hugo, playing Joe March. Now, we need the other sisters. And one of the other sisters... So we have like four, right? I mean, why did I just say Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy? So Beth is played by Celia St. James, baby. She's from Arrival Studio, and everybody is totally mad that she got cast because competition, bitch, because women on women hate is what was happening at that time. It's not good. Life's too short for women not to support other women. Just go ahead and fall in love with other women, people. It's just easier that way. Okay, but here's the thing. So there's two other people who are acting. Like, Ruby Rayleigh was playing Meg, and Joy Nathan was playing Amy. These people do come up. They're, like, side characters that come up occasionally, I guess. But Celia is playing Beth, and everyone's like, we gotta kill Celia. The age of 19, she was like, everybody's like, that woman's gonna get an Academy Award. And... She was playing Beth, and since Beth actually like sort of dies, I, I don't remember exactly, I'm sorry, I really need to reread Little Women. No, she doesn't die in Little Women, she dies in Good Wives, but, so, but I think that when people shoot a Little Women, I think they combine both the books most of the time, I'm not sure why, but then we do get the Joan Laurie content, but we also get the angst that's eating at my heart, so. So that's the thing, so, Ellen's like, mmm. Ellen and Ruby were like, Celia's gonna be a problem, she's competition, and we have to eat the competition, right? But then here's the thing, so Celia is there, you know, and then stuff happens. Like, at first, Celia tries to use Evelyn, she like, because being photographed with Evelyn would automatically mean that she gets a lot of good publicity, she gets good press, and then they just get, it's like a whole thing fame and stuff when people care about it i'm just really really gra i'm just really glad that in the end when they resolved the book they came to some conclusions that i have held dear all my life so i'm just really glad that they concluded in the way because a lot of this stuff is not my stuff i mean they might be stuff that might mean bisexuals would do but they're not things that i rg would do so so yeah stuff and you know, like Celia, and then so Evelyn and Celia kind of reach a pact, and Celia's like, why do we have to hate each other? Why can't we be friends? Like, Celia's a more skilled actress than Evelyn is, so Celia's like, I'll help you with the characterization and the acting stuff, and you can help me with, like, you know, the publicity, the getting to the top, the pushing the competition out of the way. It'll be like the dream scene, and Evelyn really likes it. She starts spending a lot of time with Celia. They get together a lot. They spend a lot of time together, and... And you know, there's a lot of stuff. They finish wrap, they wrap up shooting in um, Little Women. So, like, they, you know, they do spend a lot of time together. They have, like, this really, like, you know, give and take relationship, but that's not it. Evelyn genuinely likes spending time with Celia. And it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. And then also there's some stuff, like, Ellen doesn't want to have a baby right now, but Don does. And also, Ellen's maid is a bitch, so she just, like, went... Why did I just call her a bitch? I'm sorry about that, but... Like, Ellen's maid, she just, like, went and, like... She gives, she gives the paparazzi bad press about, you know, Evelyn. So, Evelyn fakes a miscarriage. It's just a whole thing, so, you know, there's, like, stuff. 
So then, like, Ewan and John get good press again. It's just a lot. And then, of course, Celia and Evelyn. Evelyn, Celia. Do you guys see where this is going? Because I kind of hoped that this was where it was going. And I was so surprised, happy surprised when it happened. I'm so glad that it happened. So it was really good that it happened. You know what happened? You know? Like, they finish wrap up shooting all little women. They have a premiere party. And you know what happens? Don is cheating on Evelyn. And Ruby tells Evelyn that Celia... What did she say? That Celia's a lesbian. So, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Evelyn's really confused. She's like, but I loved Don. I was actually in love with Don. But what about me and Celia? Because I definitely don't feel about her the way I feel about normal people. And the fact that Celia, like, literally... God, this is not where this happens. I am so sorry. The premiere happens and it was at the... Yeah, okay. No, this is at the premiere. Yeah, okay, so yeah. Celia was gonna win an Academy Award because she was beautiful and she they would compete for like Best Supporting Actress, you know, like... Yeah, so yeah, she's a lesbian Evelyn. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, here's the thing, yeah, so at the same time, Evelyn finds out that her husband was cheating on her and that Celia was a lesbian. And her first thought was, I have to find Celia. Like, my husband can cheat with me, he can go to hell, I need to find my girl Celia, and that's the kind of energy I'm looking for, okay? I mean, it's horrible that Don hits her and cheats on her, and she doesn't deserve, and she doesn't deserve any of that, he deserves to go to hell, but the fact that her first thought is, let's go to Celia, and I'm like, Celia... Yeah. So here's the thing. So when Monique, so yeah, this is Evelyn telling her story to Monique. So when Monique first started, she asked Evelyn one question, which was, who is the love of your life? This is what the people need to know. Who is the love of your life? Was it Harry Cameron? And Evelyn was like, I love Harry. Yes, but he wasn't the love of my life. And that's exactly how I feel about some of you. That's such a good way to put it. Yeah, I love this guy, but he's not the love of my life, babe. It's this woman. But Evelyn doesn't say it at that point, but she just does it at another point, and that's so cool. So here with, so when Monique hears that Celia's a lesbian, she puts two and two together, and she's like, Evelyn, is this you coming out as a gay woman? And Evelyn gets mad, and she says, have you not been listening at all? Like, I loved Don. I also loved Celia. I'm bisexual. Can we get that identity out there, please? So, bi representation, living here for it. So that's cool. So yeah, and she says that the love of her life was Celia St. James. And that's the thing. So it's like really cool. It fell in love, you know, and then she falls in love with Celia. And there's a lot of stuff happening. She falls in love with Celia, and then they make out at the Academy Awards. They literally do that. They make out at the Academy Awards. And of course she comes out to Harry, sort of. It's cool. Like we have our, we have, we have, we have, what am I saying we have again and again? We have our solidarity. We have our gay, bi, lesbian solidarity, baby. This is what I'm, this is what I'm waiting for. This is what I love about yours truly, Radio Silence. Like, 
We have our main character, Francis, a bisexual. We have Alad, who... We have Daniel, who's gay. We have Alad, who's, like, demisexual or gay. There's questioning. It's just... It's it's a lot, and I love it. I'm just like, bitch, give me platonic marriages. But this isn't about Harry and Evelyn right now. It's about Evelyn and Celia. And, yeah, they fall in love, because... Then she leaves Celia. She, I mean, no, she leaves Don. She leaves Celia at some point, not, just not now. She leaves Don. That results in her getting kicked out from the studio and being loaned out to other studios, which means that she's not nominated for her performance. Um, she's not even submitted for Best Actress for Little Women. But Celia is, support, is like nominated for Best Supporting Actress, and then she wins, and then she just... That's what we're happening. And she needed, needs the money as well. Yeah, so Celia and she fall in love. They just, you know, they do all the loving stuff. And, like, there's a lot of background stuff happening as well with, like, you know, friends and stuff. So Celia wins, and Evelyn kisses the television. Like, that's so sweet. Bitch, if my girlfriend were out there winning an Academy Award, I would be here, like, so happy for her. That's so cool, right? That's so pretty. That's so pretty. That's such a good place to put your character in. Such a cool situation to put your character in. It's just so cool. I just... She wins. I'm so happy. So she wins. But that's the thing. Evelyn is the kind of woman who's, like, cutthroat. She's like, kill or be killed. She's literally like, bitch, if you get in my way, I will slay you. And she's so happy for this other woman who just won an award. And I'm just like, that's what love does to you, people. And I'm just like, yes, I love this so much. And of course. And then she moves to Paris. Like, you know, Evelyn, she goes to Paris. She does this French film with this very revealing stunt, which brings her, puts her back on the map. She's huge hit again. That stuff. And she and, she and Celia hang out a bit. It's cool. It's cool. And then she and Celia are officially a thing, but they don't move in. And then, oh, and Don and Ruby get engaged, which just happens out of the blue, I guess. Okay. Here's the thing. So, here's the thing. The tabloids get a bit into Ellen and Celia's relationship, and they're like, is something going on there? Because Celia's, like, her car is always parked on Evelyn's driveway. something going on here? And now Evelyn can't afford to do that to either of their couriers. They can't come out. The police might get them, for one thing, because it's illegal, and they're playing 1950. Gosh, they were literally playing 1950. This just, this just blew my mind. This literally came to my mind. They were totally playing 1950. Like, King Princess. Like, I love it when we play 1950, gosh! 1950 is so totally gonna be in my book as well, I just, gosh. They were totally playing 1950, it was totally 1950. Gosh, this book is so Harry Styles-esque. That's the thing, I just, mm. you know, that's what happens. So, so it's also kind of like, gosh, is something gonna happen? Kinda, and I just like, so, Evelyn decides that the only way that they can both keep their careers There's, like, there's a lot of like arguments that Celia and Evelyn have because Celia wants to come out, but Evelyn's like, that would ruin both of us. And even Harry won't come back because we can't afford to be a danger to him. He's one of us. And gosh, that solidarity, the one of us, is just... 
I feel you. Okay, like Tumblr posts were all over. Like there was this whole group of people shipping for well, and I, I'm, I'm happy with the way the show went. Like I know that this is the direction you're gonna go in. I know that you're not gonna do what my girl Evelyn is doing. I don't expect you to, but it's fun to dream about. It's fun to think about. So obviously, it's fun to ship Kathleen and Jeannie, and just hope that Nini just like Gina just like fucking kissed Nini already in that final scene in the episode. I'm like, bitch. Kiss her, or I don't know. She's so pretty. Olivia's so pretty. I've actually genuinely thought about it, and could Olivia play Evelyn Hugo? Would I fan cast her? I mean, I obviously can't have Harry Cameron as Harry, so could I? Because Harry Cameron is a lot older than Evelyn in the book, but I'm just like, I could, I would totally cast Olivia. I'm literally in love with Olivia right now. After I saw her in that awards show, like the late, I mean, not awards show, that thing, that. Like that, I don't even know what it's called, but it's the latest thing that she was in wearing that black dress, and I'm like, you know, like I, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, I'm in love with you. So I would totally cast Olivia as Evelyn, maybe, not totally, maybe. So here's the thing. So Evelyn, there's like a lot of stuff, stuff that's happening, you know. And Celia is just Celia, and Celia, and of course. They have, like, a lot of deep conversations, and I love these. You should just read it for yourself. Okay, so Evelyn kind of gets, tries to, like, divert attention, and she gets, like, she gets Mick River drunk. He gets him drunk, and then she takes him to Vegas. They go to Vegas, and they end up Vegas married like Ross and Rachel did. And then, and then, and then she kind of, like, she knows that once he's had her, he's not gonna want her anymore. So it ends with a quickie divorce, divorce where, like, it's just a wild night kind of thing but it certainly turned eyes away from the fact that Ellen and Celia were actually very much in love so that's there uh, that was plus but here's the thing a few weeks later Ellen finds out that she's pregnant Celia did not know that Evelyn actually slept with Mick she assumed that she just pretended and this causes the rift between them because Celia doesn't want to do this anymore she doesn't want to be hidden she just doesn't, you know? And then it was gonna cost a lot of money, you know? And Celia, and then because... Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Evelyn's bisexual, but Celia is a lesbian, so that also causes a rift between... And I wouldn't say a rift, but it's it's an argument point, and I kind of like, like how that's represented as well, so that's there. That's like another point, and... Evelyn's like, I can marry another guy. I can love a guy. You can't, Celia. I want you to be happy. Be happy with me. But Celia's like, you broke my trust, Evelyn. I, I can't do this. And she's like, Evelyn, you let men screw you for stuff. And, and it's, it's just a whole fight. And it makes you cry. And Evelyn's going to shoot Anna Karenina. I really want to read that at some point. But I think that reading that as the first Russian book that you read is not a good idea. Someone told me, so not going to do that. But... One of my friends has read it. I think she really likes him. So here's the thing. And, uh, wait, why did I just say, okay, like, so yeah. Evelyn confines, confides in Harry because Harry's, like, literally the only person in her life that she trusts outside of Celia. So that, that's really cool. Friendship, platonic. You're a gay guy and you're by a girl living the dream. You just, it feels so good, right? Right? It feels so nice, right? Hey, if we could take it all off and just a minute, give me the bath. 
water under the bridge. Just felt like singing that. I love Sabrina Carpenter. She's one of my, like, I would totally fan cast her here too if I could. God. God, yes, I forgot about this fan casting. I would cast Sabrina as Evelyn and Rowan as Celia. Like, how cool would that be? Because Celia is kind of innocent. She's not the cutthroat kind of person, if you look at it. She's kind of Riley, and I just love Riley and Maya, okay? I just do, and I just go... I totally fan cast them here, too. Farkle could be Harry. I, I see the realistic possibility of Farkle being Harry, but Harry Styles is always Harry Cameron when you're looking at Harry Cameron as a person, so... Yeah, and she had Harry. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Celia left, and Celia did not speak to Evelyn for five years after that. And here's the thing about Celia. When you hurt her, she wants to make sure you're just as hurt as, as you left her. And that's, I don't know how I feel about people like that. I could not do it. I cannot hurt someone who hurt me for the sake of it. I could not. I just cannot. But some people can. So I'm not sure how I feel about people like that. So, just there. And then we have Harry. And oh gosh. Okay, I'm gonna read this out for you guys. I was okay. Yeah, yeah, she got her, um, yeah, she got her, um, baby aborted though, cause she can't, like, do it all, you know? Cause it's reasonable, it's mixed, she doesn't want a kid right now. And we're pro-choice here, so it's okay. Okay, so, here's this line, it's really pretty. You do not know how fast you've been running, how hard you've been working, how truly exhausted you are, until someone stands behind you and says, it's okay. You can fall down now. I'll catch you. So I fall down, and Harry caught me. Like, beautiful lines! Beautiful lines about a platonic relationship! Like, would anybody read this and think... Your first thought for someone who reads this... You know a girl saying this, and you know that it's about a guy. Your first thought is romantic, but it's not this. It's not. It's just so good. It's Cecilia. Yeah. So after that, she has her next husband, Clever Rex North. So he's her Anna Karenina, you know, co-star. Stuff happens. And it's it's a very business marriage, her one with Rex. She just had it because, you know, they needed the money for the project. And then, you know, he was her like, co-star. It's cool. It's cool. Like, And they have, it's also a business marriage. It's kind of platonic, I guess, because they're friends. I mean, they're not friends, but she had this thing. You can have affairs whenever you want, Rex, and I will have them if I want them, and we'll just keep up the marriage for business sake, for publicity sake, for the money, for the press, for the everything, you know? Yeah, because so Harry was the producer. Harry and Evelyn are a team. They're like, you and me, baby. You and me. So I really like it. So that's there, and then Rex does try, and then she never actually slept with Rex because she knew that there was no coming back from that. And, but Rex, even though he was very drunk and tried advances on her, he actually held back at one point. So she's eternally grateful for, so she's like respectful of him for that. And yeah, and all of this shit, and like these five years in which Celia and Evelyn did not speak to each other at all. You know, wait, this is not the Academy, okay, they made out... Celia and Evelyn did not make out in an Academy Awards party the first time. They made out in it the second time. So I'm sorry if I misled you there. That did not happen. It happened. It's about to happen now. So Celia gets engaged to a quarterback, John, a braver man. 
so he's from New York and she gets married to him and of course you know the paint of the town red what does that mean so sad with paint town blue okay that's that's Miss Americana and okay that's weird okay so that's just stuff that happens Yes, so Evelyn becomes the highest paid actress in Hollywood in the middle of all of this because of the box office hits. She gets other films. It's, it's just a good time for her. And she's like, okay, she has a best friend in Harry. She has a um, prop husband in Rex. And I guess she just does. She was having meaningless dalliances. And Rex was too. But then Rex did the unthinkable and fell in love with someone. He fell in love with Joy. You know, that, that woman who played Amy. She played Amy in the little, in, in Ellen's Little Women. So, Rex is in love with her and she's pregnant. So, she's like, I want to do this right way. I want to be, I want to be with her. I want to have her baby. I want to be a dad. Evelyn, please, I want a divorce. But Evelyn's like, gosh, we can't do this now. If we break up now, dude, the fucking box office numbers won't pull through. We won't be able to get what we were expecting we wouldn't be able to make the money and if this flops that's it because it's a film that evelyn feels personally about she worked really hard on it but for rex it doesn't really matter much because he's a guy and damn the patriarchy but so like evelyn devises this like complex affair thingy in which rex was having affairs and evelyn was like i'm also having affairs so when we amicably split uh, there will be no victim, and then people won't do anything. And it will sell tickets, obviously, because drama people, drama just lures people in, because why not? And stuff. And also, Evelyn chooses Harry to be her affair partner. She's like, let's just put rumors that you and I are having an affair, Harry. I mean, yeah, some people won't believe it in the studio, but God, you're a guy, I'm a girl, it's gonna work out. People are gonna believe anything, because they're dumb. Uh, okay, so Harry's like, no one's gonna believe it, because... You know, because some people know that he's gay and stuff. And Harry has been wondering that maybe I should take a wife. You know, I should marry someone that I like. Even though I don't love her, I could marry her and we could have a family. We could have a platonic marriage. Harry was thinking about platonic marriage before it was a thing. I love him. Okay. And then Harry makes a confession. Ah, nice. So this, I just want to talk about this line. So like Harry and Evelyn, like they get pictures so that like the paparazzi knows they're having affairs. And then so Rex can get what he wants, which is to be with Joy without a scandal. I mean, not like that level of a scandal, but and the movie also gets good box office numbers. So here's this line. This is pretty. I don't want to get to know someone else. I said, I'm sick of trying to pretend I'm happy. At least with you, I'll be pretending to love someone I really do love. Gorgeous, gorgeous. I'm just, this is totally too much of Harry and Evelyn. And I know I was roar, like raging about the sapphic part, but gosh, this is good too. So, you know. Okay, so here's the thing. Harry has a convention. Harry is seeing a John. John as a John Braverman, as in Celius, a John Braverman. So basically, the guy that Celia married is fucking Harry. Gosh, I was just like, gosh, can this fucking get any better? Cause you know Celia knew this, and she tells she doesn't love him and stuff. So eventually, what happens?
yeah, so, yeah, okay, here's the thing. Ruby also has a bad marriage. She married Don. I think I mentioned that, and he abused her as well, so. Yeah, so here's the thing. They, like, make, you know, Harry and Evelyn pretend to be making out and have sex, and then someone takes a picture of it and stuff. And then, of course, um, the, the movie does well as well, so this is cool. So here's the thing, and of course, um, yeah, so here's cool, so Evelyn's, uh, so Monique's been listening to all of this, but Evelyn's been like, um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, so, you know, Evelyn's like, there's a lot of side stuff going on, but here's the important thing, so Evelyn particularly chose Monique to tell the story, which means that Evelyn has something to tell her. And this is like a really cool line. I have no idea. So this is Monique speaking. I have no idea that in less than a week, Evelyn Hugo will finish her story and I'll find out what this has all been about. And I will hate her so much that I'll be truly afraid I might kill her. So what did you do, Evelyn? What did you do? Gosh. Oh, this is so pretty. Brilliant, kind-hearted, tortured Harry Cameron. Gosh, my heart breaks for him. So there's Celia and stuff. Okay, so this is the Academy Awards. So Evelyn's movie, the last one, she got nominated for Best Actress. Celia also got nominated for her movie. So they're both head on head. And they're at the Oscars. They're at the Academy Award party and they make out. Please tell me they make out. Yes, they do. And they tell, say, they're like, why are we hiding this? We missed five years together. I'm all in. Instead of running away, we're going to do this. And then we just, it's just cool. Aww. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna read this dialogue to you because I really like it. It's like one of those confrontational kind of dialogues. I love those. They're not fun to have in real life, but yeah. You know, I don't, so Evelyn's like, so don't run away with me. Instead of running away again, Celia, like, let's do this. And then Evelyn's like, and Celia's like, I didn't run far. Evelyn, you could have caught up with me if you wanted to. And Evelyn's like, I don't like being played, Celia. And Celia's like, you play everyone. And Evelyn's like, I never thought I wasn't a hypocrite, hypocrite. So Celia's like, how do you do that? Do what? Act so cavalier about things that are sacred to other people. And Evelyn's like, because other people have got nothing to do with me. And Celia's coughs, and then Evelyn says, except you. I hate everyone in the world except you. I'm a bitch to everyone in the world except you. And I used to like that, but people, don't be bitches to others with no good reason. It's not nice. But it's cool in a book, because it's a book. And of course, Evelyn never says she's the same, so. You know, I care about you, you cared about me. Surely moved on, Rex North was fake stuff. John is fake. Celia had a, a, a run with a woman. It's just, man. And then... They kissed at the Academy party, like, oh gosh, like, what a cool scene, like, they're in the Academy Awards and they can't keep their hands off each other, like, and anyone could walk in, so this is cool, I just like the kiss, they make out, it's so good, like, guys, read this, and that's how Celia and I forget each other, forgave each other, not forget, because they could never forget each other, forgave each other and how we knew we couldn't live without each other, because now we both knew what we were willing to risk just to be together, and then... Evelyn with Harry! Baby, this is so cool. So Evelyn is married to Harry, Celia is married to John, but what the world doesn't know is that Harry, is that Harry and John are actually together and Celia and Evelyn are together. Gosh, like, my dream marriage. This is my dream wedding to read about. Like, literally, I just love this. And then they, they're like doing it. They're like a family. Okay, cool. 
two men sleeping together married to two women sleeping together. We were four beards. Like, bitch. Cool. And it's, it's good. They have a happy time. They get, like, films and stuff and all of that. And then at one point, like, they're a family. And then there's the thing. Harry decides that he and Ellen need to have a baby. He's like, Ellen, a baby. You and me. Like, gosh, you guys would think that they're in love with each other, but they're not. It's platonic. They're, like, platonically in love with each other. That's just... For some reason, I really love that. I also really, really love it with Celia and Evelyn make out. So, basically, sapphic, sapphic romance and platonic love stories and just gay stuff. So, basically, anything that's not straight is what gets me turned on. So, this is what's happening. So, like, they decide to have a baby and they want to have the real deal. Then Celia has, like, a, bu- uh, a bunch of questions. And then Celia's like, I don't want kids. I can be your hair, Celia. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So Harry and Ellen are gonna make a baby, but she's just making, she's not making love with him, she's just making a baby. And she was like, you can have a baby, I'm not gonna help you do it. So, and they have a baby and her name's Connor, Connor Cameron, and it's cool, sweet. And they have like a good life, but Harry and Evelyn have like such a good platonic relationship, he's such a good husband. And then like, when, when Celia was away shooting for another film during when Connor was born, so when she comes back, there's kind of like weird stuff. And a lot of stuff. So Celia got so you know the director who helped her get back in, like after she was like cut out after she divorced Don, she was cut out from the industry. She got in with this French film that was directed by this guy called Max, Max Gerard. So Max Gerard offers her another film, and she decides to do it. And it kind of shows like how the fe- um, you know, like kind of like basically, I am not a woman, I'm a god. Like look up the meaning of the song, people. That's what the movie is. It's cool, and it's cool, and then there's this really, really, um, what do you say, uh, explicit scene in it, and Evelyn's like, let's do it, I want to do it, because the, the message you're sending out, I want it, I want women to feel empowered and stuff, so. She shoots the scene, but she should have asked Celia before shooting such an explicit scene, especially since she was shooting it with Don Adler, yes, Don has apparently made some changes in his life he stopped drinking he stopped hitting women and he apologizes and Evelyn's no longer afraid of him because she's in a place in her life where she's above him at this point and he can't hurt her anymore and she doesn't want him to hurt anyone else so she's doing it with Dodd it's an explicit scene and Celia's and, and Evelyn should have asked Celia but she does after the scene is shot she goes to Celia and she tries to like you know do stuff she like tries to change the narrative to act as if the scene is about to be shot, that she could persuade Celia to think yes, and that way nobody gets hurt. But the truth is that Celia is really not okay with it. She's just not okay with it. She's just not okay with Evelyn even being fake explicit, fake uh, intimate with a man. You know, so that's stuff. You know, and there's a lot of stuff. And there's like a lot of like philosophical things, like like or a lot of good dialogue that Evelyn shares with Monique. I wish I could say all of it, but I can't. But here's the thing: Celia and Evelyn get into a fight because Evelyn was being selfish, according to Celia. She pushed it too far. She didn't like do it, and Evelyn's like capable. Yes. 
So Evelyn's always gonna be not be able to give up everything. It's just it's the thing. They break up. It's sad. Let's not talk about it. They break up, and then John dies. Yeah, but before this, like, there's a lot of like really good dialogue, lo really good lines, really good messages that they're sending out here, and I think you guys should read that as well. But I, I'm not able to hear all of it. But then here, Ellen says that she's not a good person, Monique, and she's saying that make sure that it's clear in the book, make sure that it's not a clear person. That I heard a lot of people that she would do it again. If she's, and Monique's like, that you don't seem that bad, Evelyn. But Ellen's like, oh, wait till you hear what I did, baby. And Monique's like, what the fuck did she do? And yeah, that's literally lines. So, yeah. And of course, um, John died, and Harry was so drunk because he was in love with John. People, how would you feel if your boyfriend died? And of course, John left his house to Harry. Weird, but stuff. Stuff. Celia moves on, and and then and then um, Evelyn shoots this movie, All of Us, with Max as the director, Harry as the producer, and with starring herself, duh. And they all win Academy Awards, and she dedicates it to a woman who did so much for her, but she doesn't say Celia's name, and Celia's desperately hoping that it's her. And stuff. And of course, at this point, um, Connor is growing up, but Harry's just like really bad and in a bad place. He's just kind of, he's drinking too much because of John, and it's just not good. He threw himself into work and the Oscar paid off, but still, it's not good. And Max, the director of the movie, and the movie with explicit scene that ended their relationship, and the movie, the French film that helped out Ellen in the first place, he did all of that. He's like, I love you, Ellen. And so Ellen's like, I don't know, but she actually felt like she could have something real with him, so that's how she is. So Harry's like, divorce me. I don't need, I mean, we're, we're great. We're still going to be best friends because, dude, we literally had just, it was just, divorce is a piece of paper. Heartbreak is a loss. Divorce is not a loss. And we still love each other. Albeit not in the way society wants it. Thinks we do, but we do. So, babe. And so she does. And then, you know, like stuff happens. And then, you know, truly and truly and truly. Yeah. Stuff happens. And then she breaks. And then she and Harry get divorced. And then your girl Evelyn marries. Your girl Evelyn marries Max, and then she soon realizes that that marriage was a big mistake because Max was in love with the idea of Evelyn Geard and not actually into her as a person. Oh, this was cool. And then Celia also got a supporting actress. Um, she also like got adapted, like she got nominated for another movie, and she won. And in that, she said, in that she said, um, let's hope that nobody, anyone who tempted to kiss the TV tonight, don't trip your tooth. Because when Celia won her first Oscar, I told you that Ellen kissed the TV and she tripped her tooth, but now she's like, it's cool. They're like referencing each other, their Academy Award speeches. And then Evelyn and Celia strike up a correspondence. And they eventually like, I want to see you. Why are we wasting time like this? And then of course, they speak on the phone, and Celia's like, We can come out. We we can't come out. Our 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 whole career is based on the fact that for women, we can't be alone with each other and stuff. So, and then yeah, and then Max sees her letters, and he's like threatening to out her. But she's like, but they plan it in such a way that Evelyn has this affair with a congresswoman, like congressman. They like do it like that. They just like they deal with it. Max knows, but then Max is just better, and they deal with it. And she and Celia get together. And then Celia's like, let's get away. Let's get away, honey. Baby, let's get away. Let's get away from here. 
let's go. Let's, you know, because especially since her daughter was growing up, she wanted to save space. Let's go to Spain or somewhere. And then Celia said, you can marry my brother Robert. And, of course, the marriage that everybody thought was spite was due to love. Between Celia and Evelyn, they're still the players. He's just, like, better character. Because Robert would have, like, affairs for his stuff, and then he'd marry Evelyn. It's not platonic, because they're not, like, not platonically in love with each other either, but it's just, like, a business marriage or something. I know for appearance sake. And then that's the plan. And then Celia's like, you can marry me, Harry. I mean, No. Harry, like, no, 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 no. Harry's like, you can move with us too, so it'll be cool and stuff. And they're like, they're selling Harry. Okay, so here's the thing, they think this means me. Okay, this is cool. So here's what she's saying. Evelyn's like, Harry, you and I can get married again, and then Celia can marry you. Wait, no. No, this is what Harry okay, so wait, wait, yeah, see Harry, Evelyn wanted to marry like they just wanted to all move to Spain and just be happy with Connor and Celia and stuff. But here's the thing, Harry's like, I'm in love with another person. So Harry has found love after John. So happy for him. Harry, baby, you deserve all the love in the world. That happens, and then Celia's like, babe. Celia's literally like, babe, I love you. And I'm like, no, I'm not making sense, but it's been so long, and I've been talking without a break. But Harry offers to, like, move this. Um, so Harry tells him that, but he says that the guy he's in love with, he can move to New York that they should stay in LA. But Evelyn doesn't want to live in LA. She wants to get away from the stardom because she doesn't want that life anymore. She just wants to be with Celia and be happy and raise Connor and have Harry by her side. But, and then they do it. So like, that's the situation. Harry doesn't want to come. He's in love with another man. But here's what happens. Um, Evelyn's like traveling and then she, get, and then there's a car accident. Harry gets into a car accident with the man he was in love with. And um, Evelyn doesn't like, Harry was driving and then she, she couldn't let him go to jail because the other guy died and she couldn't do that. Harry couldn't like do that. She couldn't do that to Harry. She couldn't let her daughter Connor find out that Harry was driving drunk and that he'd killed someone, that he'd killed his lover, that he'd killed a guy who was showing him that he could love again. She couldn't do that to Connor, so she just, she like admitted to him alone in the hospital. He left that, she left the other guy in the car and did that. And stuff, so, so Harry goes to the, Harry's in the hospital. Harry gets in a car attack, his lover is dead, and Harry's in the hospital and he dies. My heart is bleeding right now, Harry's dead. And I knew that, and I know that I should say this with more feeling, but he dies. And the press doesn't know about the accident because it would ruin everyone's reputation. So they just said that, you know, he died at 58. And Connor just acts out. She's like, her dad died. What do you expect her to do? She knows that he was in a car accident. And there's a lot of stuff like drama, mother-daughter stuff, really cool stuff. Like they actually have good communication and stuff. So that happens. And Evelyn's just absolutely heartbroken. 
heartbroken about Harry being dead. I would be too. I feel like this is the kind of death that happened in The Prodigal Daughter. Spoilers for The Prodigal Daughter, in case you haven't read it. Um, so, Florentina marries Richard, and I think Florentina and Richard are goals. I think I'll talk about them in another video. I mean, not in another episode sometime. Because I really love Richard. I think I could be in love with Richard. He's that kind of guy. But he dies at a similar point like this in a car crash. So, I feel like it's that same kind of plot device. Wish Harry didn't die, but, you know. And then, so, Ellen goes ahead with the original plan, and she marries uh, Celia's brother, and they move to Spain. Celia's, like, due to excess of cigarette smoking, she's not going to be around for long. She's going to die in 10 years due to her disease. So, we just have 10 years left. Ellen and Celia just have 10 years left together, and they make the most of it. And they become a family, you know, and Connor's stuff. And there's just stuff. They're happy, and then Celia dies, because that's sad. Celia dies. One of the main reasons why Celia was like, Robert should marry Evelyn is that way Celia could leave all her, her money to Evelyn legally. Like, it, it would make sense that she'd leave her money to Robert, and through Robert, Evelyn would get it, because otherwise, questions would be raised on, why do you want to leave your money to her? Why did I do that? I don't know why I did that. I was actually going for something else, something right in the paper, but I'm not doing that now, so, Anyway, Celia dies. Sad. Evelyn goes and cries at Harry's grave because he was the only person, you know? And yes, this is nice. The truth had been there for them to grab if they'd paid attention. So this is Evelyn talking about how she was crying at Harry's grave when Celia died. I had been my truest self searching for the help of my best friend to ease the pain of the loss of my lover. Because best friends. Nice. The stuff happens, and then you know, like Evelyn and like the whole, all four of them, Evelyn, Celia, Harry, and John, back in the days, they like donated a lot to LGBT charity. Stuff, so stuff happens, and this is like cool, right? So this is how the story ends. So Monique, Monique has a bit of a backstory too that just like runs. I that's cool too. I I just can't recall it right now, but like put it in. So here's the thing. Evelyn's like that's the end. Celia died, and then my daughter died due to breast cancer. And don't go away. Okay, so here's the big reveal. So Evelyn's been telling Monique her story, and Monique's like wondering, what the fuck did Evelyn do that makes her so sure that I'm not gonna think she's a good person? And then you know that line I read earlier, but you know something. So Evelyn says, uh, you know that man, Harry's lover, the guy that I left in the car and ruined. Like you know, I said that he died drunk and drive. He died drunk and drive. That sounds familiar. He was Monique's dad. Big reveal, my heart was just racing at this point. The reveal was that Monique's dad, whom she has, like, whose memory she's conflicted about, because she didn't like to think that her dad was the kind of person who drove down and died and, like, ruined his own life. But here's the thing. He didn't. It was Evelyn's fault. Evelyn decided to save Harry's reputation, and she just took him to the hospital. She left Monique's dad, James Grant, to die. She gets so mad. She gets so mad. Also, the father, she's just so mad. Your father was driving under the influence and lost the control of the car, but she knew this. She's just so mad. Why are you telling me this? It's your fault. Everything is your fault. You're such a selfish fucking woman. And God, this is so good. Like, the, the paragraphs that follow after this, it was such a good reveal to me. I loved every moment, so this is cool. And then, so there's a letter that, she, that Evelyn took out of Harry's pocket, and she gave it back to Monique. And in that... Um, Evelyn, I mean, 
Monique's dad tells Harry that he loves him very much, more than he has loved anyone in his life. But he also says that he doesn't want to move to Europe, Spain, because that was the plan that Celia and Evelyn hatched, so can't do that. And he said that I cannot marry Celia either. And um, here's the thing. Here's what he says. Here's what Monique's dad says. But even though I have never loved my wife the way I love you, I will never leave her. And he said that he loves his family. He loves his wife and his daughter. I'll be not his wife, not in the way that he loves Harry, as in the romantic, sexual, passionate way. But he loves her either way. Platonic marriage for the win. And that he doesn't want to leave his daughter either, which is just so beautiful. It's so sad that this man had to die, guys. And her daughter, and he wants to. He doesn't want to have a broken home because he is happy with his family. And Harry did ignite in something in him, but he knows his family is more important. Yeah, and then he talks about his wife and about how his wife, Angela, means to him what Evelyn means to Harry. And we all know how great Evelyn and Harry are together. And if we're talking about Angela and James, which is Monique's dad, Monique's mom and dad, they are just as great together and it just feels so good. And she says, like, she's my best friend, my confidant, my companion. And... I admire the forthrightness with which you and Evelyn discuss your sexuality, your desires, because Evelyn and Harry have such a good relationship. It's the best relationship. It's community. They never once broke up, baby. They were, they were solid. They were forever. Work and then, yes, yes. We know. Like he's like, I love her the way one loves a partner. That's what he says. And I love this. I love this description of platonic marriage. Just did. And he says, gosh. And then when. And then when Monique puts down the ladder, she's like, my father was in love with a man. What, what the fuck? That's what. And she's like, she's all of the information is brand new to her. She's like literally thrown into a whirlwind of emotions. And she's mad at Evelyn because of their, of course you'd be mad at the person who left your dad to die. Damn it. And she's, she waited like 30 years to come and get this to her. So she's like. And Evelyn was like, I knew you. Ha I had to let you know. And Monique's like, what did you have to let me know? That my dad was in love with another man? That he wasn't the person I thought he was? Is that what you wanted to let me know? And then Evelyn says, no. I wanted to let you know that your dad loved you. And he was willing to give up his love life for you. That his passion of finding with Harry for you. He was willing to do that. He would never leave his family. And... Honestly, beautiful. This ending was so beautiful. I wish that they didn't die, but can't have everything in life. And I just love that. I love the way that James. I respect James Grant a lot. Brilliant. You know? Stuff. Stuff. So Monique's still very conflicted with this brand new information that is presented to her. And reading the letter, it just. It let her know that her dad loved her, but it also let her know that her dad also loved another man. But, Monique's wondering about her mom, so she goes to her mother and asks her, How was your marriage with dad? And she says that he was a great husband. And then she asks, like, How was your relationship? And he was romantic and stuff. And it was romantic. It was impassionate. And this is brilliant. I'm just going to read this for you guys. This is how Monique's mom describes her relationship with her, with Monique's dad. I don't know if I would say passionate. We just really liked each other. 
It was almost as if when I met him, I met this other side of myself, someone who understood me and made me feel safe. It wasn't passionate, really. It was never about ripping each other's clothes off. We just knew we could be happy together. We knew we could raise a child. We also knew it wouldn't be easy and that our parents wouldn't like it, but in a lot of ways that just brought us together, us against the world. I was really happy with your father. It's not a sexy marriage, but he was really happy. Someone to look out for, having someone to share my days with. I always found him fascinating, all of his opinions, his talent. A conversation about anything. That's the dream, isn't it? Finding a person you could have a conversation about almost anything with. Like, literally, that's just one criteria for a great relationship, in my opinion. You should be able to talk. No? And for hours on end, we used to stay up late just talking. He was my best friend. Gosh. The platonic marriage is, is just brilliant, baby. Brilliant. And is that why you never remarried? And then it's like, I found passion with guys, so that's what her mom says, but she didn't care about the passion. One more late time talk. That type of intimacy. And that's what Evelyn says too at one point. She says that people think that intimacy is sex, but it's not. Intimacy is truth. When you're able to be your truest self with someone, that's really intimate and brilliant. And so here's the thing, Evelyn knew, Evelyn's daughter passed away of the breast, can of breast cancer and that gene was passed on from her, so she is also affected with breast cancer and she's gonna die, her breast, which gave her her body, which, which helped her, which I mean, I wouldn't say help, which like was a huge part of how she navigated life was the one that was going to end her but Evelyn wasn't going to let anybody decide what she was doing she knew that what she did what she did was wrong she was a complicated woman and Monique knew that one day she would find the strength to forgive Evelyn but for now that's the way it was and she also guesses that Evelyn's going to take her own life Evelyn does Evelyn takes her own life because she was a gist but she lived life to the fullest everyone else she loved was dead there's no point in living anymore but she wanted to let her story know she wanted to let the world know that she was in love with Celia and James and that it's a beautiful reason. I love this book. I love the ambiguity of the ending. I just love the ending. Like, the way Monique's mom describes her marriage with her dad. That was the selling point for me. Like, I was sold on the book the moment that Evelyn and Celia got together. Evelyn and Harry's relationship was just an added bonus. And this ending was just the cherry on top of the cheesecake. I just loved this so much. I love the platonic marriage in it, and that's exactly what drew me to this book. And The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is a five-star read for me. It's bloody brilliant. It's so fucking fantastic. I just felt so seen while reading this book. This is the kind of book that I would write. This is the kind of book that I want to read. And I just loved Evelyn. I loved Harry. I loved Celia. These are my mean bisexuals. And I truly, truly loved the relationship between Monique's mom and dad. A lot of stuff, relationship, drama, and a lot of ways in which you hear about the way Hollywood works, which is important. I mean, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but it also talks about how Hollywood isn't fair to women. It obviously is. About the patriarchy and about how different ways, different expectations, about the way people are abused, about the way women are abused, and how um, in that point of time, in, in that period of history, all um, homosexuals had to like hide who they were. But stuff is okay now, right? It's okay now. I love this book. I've been talking about it for so long. I, I don't think I've gotten half of my opinions on it in here yet, but I just loved it so much. And I wish that you'd read it too, because it's uh, the reading experience that did it for me. I loved this. I loved The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and I will continue to love it forever, given the choice. It's a brilliant book, and I loved every moment of it, and I feel like 
you would too. Just read it, love it. This book is me. This book describes everything that I want. I guess it also says why I feel like the book would be my soulmate. So that's the thing. And yeah. Thanks for listening to a one-sided conversation. I just wanted to let the world know how much I love this book. That was literally the sole purpose. I don't think I sold you guys on anything, but this was a way for me to document my love for the book. Thanks for listening. And if it's too long, well, it's an hour and 30 minutes, so I'm gonna stop it right now. Peace out.